The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those who are rocking it on the other side. This week we learn from Jeff Sweat. Jeff Sweat is the founder of Sweat & Co., a PR consultancy focused on advertising. As an ex-journalist, content marketing pioneer, two-time novelist, and agency PR veteran, Jeff has learned it's not enough to tell a story. You have to create a story worth telling. True that. Jeff learned agency PR in a master class as the former communications director for 72 in Sunny and Deutsch, L.A., And since launching in 2015, the 12-person Sweat & Co. has helped its ad agency clients grow press hits by an average of 300% in the first year and win awards like Ad Age Small Agency of the Year and Fast Company Most Innovative Companies. Under Jeff's leadership, Sweat & Co. has helped agencies get their stories straight by refining everything from ad campaigns to company culture all the way to the creative process itself. As a result, Jeff believes everyone has the power to produce work that gets people talking by putting PR at the center of everything they do. Good agencies tell their clients' stories. Great agencies tell their own. Based on Jeff's published article, How to Be Famous in Six Steps, Sweat & Go has created one place to curate and analyze news in the industry that just works. And you can subscribe to How to Be Famous newsletter to receive valuable insights straight to your inbox. And we'll put all the links in the show notes. On with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right, Jeff Sweat, welcome to Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. How are you doing today? I am good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Where are you located, Jeff? I am located in Los Angeles, California. Right now, we are getting what for us is some very cold weather, but I know for the rest of the country, they're not going to be super pumped to hear that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Tell us in a couple words how you would describe the LA PR advertising scene in your eyes? So LA is a really interesting ad market. I think for a long time, it was an afterthought. It was kind of known for car accounts because Honda and Toyota and everyone had their, you know, their, their agencies here. Um, And so I would say it was kind of considered a bit of a backwater until about 10, 15 years ago. And um, agencies like Deutsche LA and 72 and Sunny really kind of caught fire. And I was lucky enough to be there at those agencies when that was happening and really saw a huge scene sort of build up around, you know, a few key agencies. Obviously, Shiat is another one that, of course, it is a mainstay and has been for a really long time. And what ends up happening is most of those agencies are on the same street, you know, so it's not Madison Avenue. I think it's Jefferson Boulevard. And you really get to know everybody. And, um, you know, chances are you're going to work at at the agency down the street eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, and what ends up happening is it's a tight-knit scene. We're competitive, but we're not jerks to each other. 
Um, and it used to be that like, if you moved to LA, you were sort of betting on whatever agency was hiring you, because if they didn't pan out, then you were kind of out of luck. And now people come here, I think, because it's exciting, you know, and, and we have obviously entertainment and culture as, as a huge export of LA, but technology, uh, has a, has a strong role here as well. Yeah. I think that bringing those three things together, sometimes literally next door to each other, um, makes it a really fun place to be an advertising. Hey, it doesn't sound bad to me at all. It's that to say, get on out here. <laughs> and our winters are typically a lot better. So yeah, that. yeah, um, definitely. Um, and you, you also had some great agencies and some that you, a couple that you worked at 72 and sunny Deutsche LA. Uh, but I want to talk about where you're at right now because yeah. you're at sweat and co that's your company. You're yeah. the founder of it. You're the boss there. <laughs> uh, so Exactly. Tell us about, so tell us about that yourself in a nutshell, like, yeah, about the company. Yeah, definitely. So I came into advertising from kind of an odd direction. I'll tell you that in a bit, but, mm-hmm. um, I have been running sweat and co for going on eight years. Um, after I left 72 and sunny, I realized that what I was doing, which was PR for agencies is something that not every agency gets to do. Um, It's not something that like, it's a splurge for a lot of agencies to hire their own person. And I I think, you know, that like, it's, it's, it's a luxury for a lot of agencies. And I realized that we would be more effective if we could essentially offer it as a service model, um, you know, where we're coming in for a fraction of time, helping people with where they need us most and giving some, uh, some guidance. So this Um, is interesting because I do this full time for my agency, Havas Chicago, and you're right. It, if the, if an agency if an agency does have this, it's like one person, maybe mm-hmm. two at the most, um, per shop, and yeah. that's pretty rare in itself too. Yeah, and what's kind of end up happening is that we so we work with all sorts of agencies, um, people who are, you know, high up on the A list, on fast companies, most innovative companies. We've helped get them there in a lot of cases, and. Um, it has really kind of sharpened my particular philosophy about advertising and public relations, which is that the most effective public relations is when you're building newsworthiness into the work you do. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah yeah. for Gino up here. <laughs> yes. It starts, yeah, the creative, it, it's easy to sell an agency or get the, the news out there when they, uh, when they have a reputation for producing great work. Yeah. Well, but then again, there, and then, and Jeff, then the, I'm curious, then like they go, okay, well, you know, we need, we need better people. We need better clients to create that great work. And then you don't do that. You don't get that if you don't have the work there. It's like this weird cycle. Yeah. Right. Like, how do you even get going? Um, and I actually think that's where we're, so there are lots of people and, and agencies who do PR for ad agencies. It is by itself kind of an odd little niche. Um, but you know, um, one thing that makes us different from anyone else in this space is exactly the fact that we we recognize that that's a challenge and we have ways to help solve it. So, um, our goal, as we always say to people is not just to help you tell a story, but create a story worth telling. And so if there are pieces of that are, that are missing, like you don't have the work, we'll talk to you about how to pull that out of, out of your existing team will provide coaching. We'll bring in 
experts will help you find better clients so that you can do, you know, work for people who really appreciate what you are. We help us, you know, shore up your culture if it's not leading to innovation. So all of these kinds of things are kind of the starting point. And then we take thought leadership and media relations and we bring that out into the world. So I would say in some ways we're a, a PR led consultancy. Um, yep. and really kind of our goal is to help create better agencies. But it seems like you're, are, are you telling me like, so you'll help connect the dots, you'll bring in the right pieces. So there is some sort of execution. Um, yep. Yeah. So even like we have a consulting arm, um, that we're, where we bring in either ourselves or other experts on, on a particular topic to kind of beef it up. Um, that being said, like, I don't want to kind of like the, the, clearly the reason why people talk to us in the first place is because we're good at media relations. We know this space, um, and you know, we can help connect them to the people and the reporters that they need to, to get their story told. Now, is this. Is this mainly through like their local cities, publications, and then also the ad trades or what, what are these, how can you help these agencies out? Yeah. So I would say we're typically looking at a few different places. Um, I think the ad trades are incredibly important for, for agencies to show up in. And I know you, you talk to to those folks a lot and have them as your guests. Uh, that's, I think like it's. I think we have a tendency as an industry to say things like what I really want is the wall street journal. Um, and I always kind of like, I hear that like almost like a bingo card of different things that clients say to me from time to time. It's like, yeah, yeah. Ad age is great or ad week is great, but we want to be in the wall street journal. And I'm like, yeah, so do I. So let's work on that. But like, um, you can't deny the fact that the, that the ad trades are a really powerful source of information. Um, it's still a place where people, where decision makers come, they read it. Um, it certainly changed for what it was 10 or even five years ago. Um, but it is sort of the starting point. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, listen, yeah, I, I think that's a good goal sometimes for some of our campaign. Or anyone, yeah, like, be like, I would uh, love to get in an ad agent yeah, ad week kind of like pick of the day. Yeah. I would love that if every campaign we produced was like a, a, a front page or a, or some sort of pickup from ad, ad age, ad week, campaign, Digiday, any of those main ad trades, I my job would be great and people yeah. would love that. But yeah, I can't exactly. always get that. Yeah, exactly. And then we, so we, you know, we do, of course, focus on the nationals, uh, you know, and especially advertising reporters. So it is, you know, Fast Company and, and Wall Street Journal and New York Times and, and folks like that. And if it's a bigger one, we're, we're looking at things like TV, you know, so it kind of depends on the, the scale of the idea. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I mean, in case you're listening, um, I, I would say that the reporters and editors that I work with in the ad trades are some of my favorite people. Like they're just my friends inside and outside, you know, and we're karaoke buddies. We, um, we have some war stories, uh, some late yeah. night, um, and, uh, uh, I can't think of a better group of people that I'd like to work with. I, I definitely strive to, to get that level. Do you feel like you are maybe, do you feel like you need to be in New York to create those relationships though? Sometimes. Um, it's funny. Say I that. feel a little bit out of the loop. Yeah, it's hard. I think you, have to make, you think you have to make the time to get to New York. Um, and that's what I did for years is I would try to get there almost like every quarter. Um, but what's kind of cool is that, like you, it become, you almost get to know them better than the New York based P 
PR people because when you're always there, yeah. you don't know, you don't granted. connect. You're like, oh, we should have coffee. Great. That's like going to happen in three months or never. Where it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm in town next week for these three days. Can you meet me then? That's infinitely more likely to happen to happen oh absolutely absolutely yeah. but you you make you made the effort earlier made it in your career that helped you out okay this is helping yeah. me a lot yeah, yeah exactly i would say if i were operating completely virtually over here it'd be trickier for sure yeah. um but starting but, off virtually i mean it was tough yeah i bet <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're like yeah. who are these people uh plus you know they're going through their own turmoil so it's changing every five minutes um, yeah there was yeah a lot of movement it seemed like recently yeah. Um, so, so what does your team, what does your agency look like? We've got a little bit of like the high level, what you guys are sure. doing, what you're about. Um, who's, who's with you? Who's helping me out? Yeah. Is it, you know, just you? Cause that's fine too. Sometimes that. Yeah. I've well, people, I do it on their I own. Will, I will, I will say when I first started out, I thought it was going to be just me. That's kind of, and I was super cool with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, my company was originally called Mr. Sweat. Uh, because that's been my nickname since, uh, I don't know, high school for sure, at least. Um, and, uh, and it was great. You know, I, I started working with some cool clients, um, quickly realized that it was going to grow bigger than me. And I had, and I, so I took a step back and I thought, okay, yeah, I want to do this. In fact, it's funny, like kind of came down to, I had been working with one client for a while, you know, finally starting to kind of like make things click. And I had two new clients come to me in the space of like a week. That's great. Uh, and, uh, and well, stressful, but yeah. It, oh yeah. And, and, uh, so I had two new clients come and, and I said to my wife, I was like, I don't know what to do. I really can't, I don't want to take them on and like be worried about being able to do it. And she's like, well, and she's been very patient this whole time as I'm building my business, um, says, well, like you're going to get help and you're going to take this on because you're going to start bringing home the bacon. And so that's kind of how that started. It was, uh, and you know, I've grown from there. We are about a 10 person, uh, agency right now. Nice. Um, we have been virtual from day one. Okay. Um, I frankly work way, way better when I'm not surrounded by people. Okay. Um, some of these like open plan offices for me are like I have ADHD. So, so just that amount of stimuli almost like shuts me down. So yeah, when I started working at home, it was like, why have I not been doing this my whole life? You know? Yeah, definitely. And, your, and I'm sure your employees are cool with it too. Yeah, it is. Although, you know, I think, and this is something I'm sure that some of your younger, um, you know, um, listeners can relate to is that if you haven't worked in an agency and you don't have that kind of like culture and kind of experience of being there, sometimes being virtual can be really challenging because you obviously oh, yeah. you feel alone. Uh, you don't really know what it's like to be in an agency if like yeah. you've never like hung out and at, you know, at the coffee bar or whatever, like that kind of thing. And so it's important for any virtual organization to start making accommodations for that. So one thing yeah. we do is we get together, we, we put our budget into getting together for like offsites and retreats. Um, so we have lots of bonding time. Um, Good. and, uh, you know, I figure if we're not, if we don't have an office, let's put that, that those resources elsewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. That's good that you're investing in that. And like, where are your employees in the LA area or are they all over? They're all over. Yeah. I mean, we have them in every time zone. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, worked good. out really well for us. Gotcha. Um, all right. I want to kick it back to how you got involved in all this, where you learned all this stuff to start your own company. So yeah. my next question is, when did you realize you want to do PR or advertising for a living? <laughs> really late in life. Oh, but I, but the, it all kind of the road in retrospect led me there. Um, I didn't know that's where I was going. Um, I was kind of joked that I had, I've had like seven midlife crises, probably starting by the time I was 17. And at each point you reevaluate where you want to go. Uh, and so I knew I wanted to be a writer, knew I wanted to be a novelist. I started out in journalism. Um, the idea was, uh, I studied poli sci in college. I wanted to write about politics, eventually be a columnist or something like that. Well, when I came out of school, we were in a recession. Um, journalism jobs even then were hard to come by. And, and I found myself at, at a, covering technology and wasn't what I really cared about, but I kind of, I got sucked into it. This was, this is really just to age myself. This is literally at the beginning of, of, of the internet. I, um, I, we were, I was at this publication and we were covering kind of like the world of Microsoft windows and that kind of thing. And I kept getting these press releases that were about, um, this thing called the World Wide web. And I, we, we weren't covering it because that wasn't part of Microsoft. And so I literally went into my boss one night and I said, I think we need to do something about this internet. I think it's going to be big. And uh, so we did yeah. launch publication, probably one of the first publications, um, that ever, that focused ex explicitly on, on the internet and the web called online reporter. Um, it's not around anymore, but, but that was sort of my first, like, so I was kind of there at, at the, at the get go. Uh, and then I worked yeah. a publication called information week, which at the time was the kind of business and technology publication. We had these yeah. huge issues that we, we were putting all the time. Um, I covered uh, customer relationship management, CRM, um, as really one of the only, I think I was the first reporter to cover it as a beat. And I ended up breaking um, the news that salesforce.com was launching. Nice. It seemed like the craziest idea in the world that they were going to take on these like giants, you know. And I remember like meeting uh, Mark Benioff, you know, in, my, in our conference room at, at my office. And I just thought, Wow, this guy's got a lot of chutzpah, you know. He just like, I was kind of like, good luck, you know. But like, you know, but and they took off, and and you know, it's been going ever since. Wow, but that is awesome. You know, the best part about covering CRM and the reason why I loved it so much as a beat was because it was never about the technology. It was about what the technology could do, and specifically how it could connect to human beings, and that was really what I loved. Um, and the more I got into it, the more I realized that that's something that I wanted to, you know, to, to be able to, to talk about more. Uh, so I left journalism partly because it's the only field that has worse living, worse hours than advertising, yep. um, and certainly, and definitely worse pay. Um, but 
um, I, I went into marketing and I was doing essentially content marketing. Um, eventually I found myself at Yahoo where I led their content marketing, uh, team for advertisers and agencies. And so that's how I really kind of got into the advertising world in the truest sense. Um, wrote, you know, I was covering agencies all the time, meeting with them and just was fascinated by the culture and all these things. And ultimately was recruited by Deutsche LA to be the PR person. Um, and I had always resisted going into PR when I was a reporter, um, even because you get recruited a lot to, to go into PR and, uh, and I didn't want to, um, because I kind of knew some, how difficult it could, a job it can be. Um, yeah. even if you're working with the good reporters, which I was, I still made their lives miserable at times, you know? So like, I kind of didn't want to deal with it. And I honestly think advertising is the only field that I would be happy doing PR in because there's just so much creativity. I mean, you know, put me in, you know, packaged goods or something like that. And I think I would have lasted three weeks, you know? So, yeah. um, but when they called me up, I said, well, you know, I'm not actually a PR person. Right. And, and they said, yeah, that's okay. We think you can figure it out. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I can too. And so they brought me on my first time in an agency, first time in a PR role. There was a lot of, there was a huge learning curve, um, but really, really loved it. And I kind of came in at a time when Deutsch was on the rise nationally. They had just done the, the force, the, the mini Darth Vader spot that probably yeah. you guys learned about in school. Um, you yeah. Know. Or from Tim on his tagline podcast. Which exactly. That's one of his all time favorites and for good reason. And, um, you know, so it's, so they were kind of on a high, I was able to help them really establish their reputation. And then went over to 72 and sunny, which was also kind of in that, that rise. Um, ultimately I decided that I felt like I could be a better partner, PR partner from the outside, kind of having that little bit of a distance yeah. perspective and yeah. allowed me to say like, Hey, yeah, I, I know this seems awesome, but this is what's out there in, in the world. What can we do to make this better? And that's yeah. kind of where, where, uh, I could see that working out pretty well. Definitely. Yeah. And it's a, um, it's a trade off because having someone on the inside like yourself is amazing uh, because you're plugged in, but then every once in a while, it, there's always a pressure to drink the Kool-Aid. Um, and oh, uh, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to say like, you know, there's not much I could do with this or, you know, but then now what they're trying to do with me is they're trying to get me er, uh, established earlier in the process. See, that's exactly where you need to be. Like, exactly. And I'll just like a little, this is not the point of this podcast, but like, if you're listening, if you have a PR person, get them in their room. Like, soon like don't wait until it's ready when there's nothing they can do about it bring them yeah. in when there's a chance that they can influence the the newsworthiness of, of this uh, project and that's what i'm learning how to get better at you know understanding what what is newsworthy what's not like that's the whole point of the job just getting those fundamentals down so getting in every room possible is really helpful yeah um, so i'm doing that and but the, and also the internal communications part of it too oh yeah taking yeah. care of your, your stakeholders. I mean, I learned a ton. I could kind of like view each pivot as a big learning opportunity and yeah. I made mistakes and I got better, you know, and, um, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's important. I always say when people ask me my career path, 
I'm kind of like, well, I don't know that I would recommend my career path because how could you follow that? Like, like it just went so many weird directions. Um, but like I said, I think after all of these careers, I'm finally at a place where I feel like I belong. And, you know, so I'm just happy to be here at this point. Yeah. Um, a lot of people bundle PR and new business or marketing all together. Um, mm -hmm. What are your takes on that? Because we don't do that necessarily here where I'm working, but ha do people, when you were at 72 and Sunny, when you're at Deutsch or where, when you're getting hired, do people kind of mistake you as like, you're going to, you're going to guarantee them new business. Is that like their expectation ever? You know, it's interesting. So that's a, so, so I'll, there's kind of a couple of questions I'll tackle there. One is there is sometimes that expectation that like PR leads to sales and, and sometimes it does. I've definitely seen it, um, especially with some of our smaller clients where, an, a, you know, an article will, will lead to a, a phone call and Absolutely. that's, that's the best, that's the best scenario. Um, yes. but that, you know, I would say PR tends to be generally around awareness. Um, and you'll start where that starts to pay off is like when you have these kind of repeated account wins and really cool creative and thought leadership, cumul the cumulative effect is basically like, wait, so who are these guys? Like I've been hearing about them all the time. And that's yeah, when and finally that typically you're being invited to pitches, those kinds of things. Cause you're like, wow, I'm really curious what's going on, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, and I would say that's something like someone like 72 and Sunny really did is that like, and you know, most people weren't around when they were starting, but like we were just down the road from them and we kept on hearing these like little, these things that we're doing and we're like, well, who are these guys? Like, you know, and it became this, this thing. And, and I, and I know that like for clients, that's, you know, they, they want a little bit of that, that mystique and they want that, the buzz. Um, yeah. and it's important, you know, and, and, um, yeah, in, in a perfect world, yeah, you will get new business, but it shouldn't be the expectation, I guess. It's that yeah. consistency. What about um awards? Are you also doing awards for your clients? Is that, and yeah, is that we, it's always a part of. Yeah, it is. And I will say, I should say one thing I was going to say is that typically PR, unfortunately, is not closely aligned with new business or marketing for an agency. And I would say that for me is one of the biggest opportunities for agencies to start thinking about their marketing the way that their clients would. You know, CMO typically in an agency is not really head of marketing. They're more like head of sales. And if like, and, and if we, if our clients acted the way agencies do about marketing and new business, we would think they were crazy, you know, because we just like leave so much to chance. Um, so even when I've reported to CMOs, um, they, there still wasn't the muscle memory of like, we need to treat all of this like a marketing plan. We need to, we have this, this, and this coming together. People are, aren't, we're not, agencies aren't great at it. And, and so, and I will say actually brands aren't great about incorporating PR either, but agencies are much worse. Um, and because they just don't think about marketing in general. So there is, you know, there's for, for that, I think there's a huge amount of growth that can happen if you start viewing those two things as interrelated, which they truly can be. Um, but yeah. And, and so, but your question about awards is, um, we do get involved. Um, and the ones that we really care about are the ones that we would call kind of editorial driven, driven awards. So, um, you know, that 
A-list, um, ad week agency of the year campaign, fast company, most innovative companies and all that, the are, related. that are made by, uh, Any, anything that's done by a publication. And we do that for a couple of reasons. And I think they're an important PR tool, even if you're not going to win, because as I say to people, every award is inherently a long shot. Like you don't know what else other pub, other agencies are bringing to the, to the party. And it may not be your year, um, but I okay. almost always advise people to enter if they have good things going on, because yeah. it is the one pitch that reporters are required to read because typically reporters and editors are the judges. Yeah. And so even if, you know, even if they don't pick you as like the final 10 or whatever it is, or the final three or one, the next time they hear your name, they will know in great detail how you present yourself to the world. And so it's important to take that, that opportunity. And yeah. And then they invite you to the, the show and you go and again, you, you help mix that work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think like that's a, you know, we, I did have a client recently who wasn't sure they were going to win. So they didn't go to like, you know, to the small agency conference, which, oh, you know, the ones that's important. And it was in Chicago. Did you go? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't go, but I know that it happened. A lot of people went, yeah. Yeah, escape pod. Yeah, and it was like, for us, like, um, well, I guess you wouldn't have qualified because the boss is no. not exactly a small agency. But, um, but you know, it was, it was like, they didn't win what they hoped to win, but they also missed the opportunity to, like, mingle with, with all the editors of, of that yeah. publication. And so... So everything has like, everything pays off and those in-person um, connections are incredibly important. I see your point, but now like, but I feel like the, my execs, they care a lot about the big five, those big international shows. They're yep. so damn expensive, which is another, a whole other conversation. Yeah. What do you, like, what do you think about that? Like, cause a lot of my time is submitting these awards for can. You know, Leo's DNA D's one shows. It is, it is a really important job that no one likes to do. Um, yeah, it's the worst, right? It's the worst job. um, You know, I don't know if you get, know the, the uh, movie, the princess bride, but, um, you know, when the the Sicilian says you've created one of the two classic blunders, um, and the first one being a land war in Asia, I always say, and the second one is being involved in, in your agency's awards committee. Because it is thankless. You're going to be putting a ton of time in. Um, yeah. What I would say is this, though, is that for that, I think it's really important for agencies to truly think about what is out there in the world and whether they're going to win against it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, everybody enters the, uh, you know, like the film category, which is kind of, one of the more prestigious ones, you know, we've yeah. got this great pot. You're like, great, but is it better than this? These three uh, ads that everybody's been talking about for the past year. Chances yeah. are they're going to win it, not you. Yeah. So then it becomes like, first of all, get really selective about what you submit, um, and second, change change up the categories you submit it for. You know, like you don't have to have the film lion like if if say like the best thing about its music even if you didn't do it submit it on behalf of your partner that did do it and you both get lions um 
and it, they look the same on your shelf. Like, you know, yeah. so there's nothing different. So I think for me, diversify the, the solutions yeah. for sure. So I think it's like be strategic about it. Um, yeah. but I would say like, if, if like your, you know, agency had one or two truly strong pieces of work, then go all in then. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of been our strategy. Like we saw that at one early on at a big award show and we just kept it rolling. Like we're like, yeah, okay, I this thing is it, winning. So let's go all in. Yeah. It is like, I mean, it's like, it's like the Grammys, you know, like the ones who, who win have won directors, DGA, they've won, they've won golden globes. Yeah. And, and it's like momentum builds momentum, you know, yeah. it so catches start- wind in the industry that I'm sure the other jury members, they know each other. And that's the other thing is like getting our members or like for another thing I have to do is like getting our people in the, to jury, to, mm-hmm. to, to be a part of these award shows as well. Which seems like a silly thing, but it's actually really important, you know? Super. So yeah. 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 It's uh, it's, it's all, it's all a bit of a game, but if you're not in the room, um, then you don't really get a chance to influence kind of what ultimately happens. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, what advice, I guess, do you have for somebody that wants to get into PR for agencies, new business or, or any port of communications in, cause I love it at the end of the day, you know, submitting awards is tough, but when you have great people, great writers or strategists or or great having you help out, it makes it a lot easier. And if the work stands on its own, it's own too. So it's a great, it's a great little niche role that I love explaining to people. Um, yeah, they're like, wait, wait, ad agencies need PR people. And I'm like, yeah, they want to be famous too. You know, everybody exactly. wants to be famous in exactly. our own so world. What advice do you have for those, for the people that might be interested in that? How do you break into it? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, you know, and, and I was thinking a lot about this because obviously my path was unconventional. Uh, but I do think that it's a great niche for people who, who are, um, they want to be part of advertising, but don't view themselves as say a traditional creative or an account person or whatever. Um, and, I, and like I say, like I was saying, if you're going to do PR, this is one of my, one of the best industries you could do because you're always working with interesting people. Typically you are brought in at sort of like the best and the brightest projects so that you, you don't get bored, you know? Um, and, uh, so what I would say is you know, make sure that you truly understand what reporters need, first of all. And that's going to mean that you're going to be reading a lot of these publications we talked about. Um, my go-tos um, are always, you know, Ad Age, Ad Week, Digiday, um, Morning Brew, Wall Street Journal, stuff like that. I think try to understand what it is um, that they are going for. I would actually say if you can put in any time as a journalist, that's incredibly powerful. Um, even if you know you want to be in PR, because I think that's the one thing that is very difficult to teach a PR person is what is it the reporters actually want? What is it yeah. going to make it easier? And that was despite all of the other things that I had going on that were challenges when I moved over into advertising and PR one thing that never was in doubt was what do reporters need? Like, so I could always, so I started from a position of strength. Um, and so I think that's really important. Um, and, and I also think 
you know, it's realizing how important PR is to advertising as well. Um, because most of the things that we build today in advertising are meant to be talked about. They're successful because people talk about them. So if you can build in newsworthiness into these, these, you know, campaigns, if you can help influence that, then you're not only helping your agency with PR, but you're helping the client, you're helping the work to be more successful. Yep. hundred percent. And that's what they look for in those case studies too. Yep, exactly. It's all the sexy stuff, you know, and that's yep. my feeling is like, if a reporter likes it, um, then consumers are going to like it. Yeah. Um, that's their yeah. job, right? Um, and one little kind of aside before I go back to kind of what my advice is, the biggest question I always ask teams when they bring us work is if I hadn't worked on this project, would I post it on social media? Um, mm -hmm. Because that's an incredibly high bar for most of us. Like we don't post anything on social media that does that, that messes with the image that we've crafted. Yeah, that's a good point. Because our cred is affected um, by that. And, and so when you start asking people like, what brand stuff do you share? It's a pretty small amount of stuff. And, and, and I've generally found that like the things that are the biggest hits in advertising, I find out first on my social media channels before I even see it in the, in the ad press, because it just struck a nerve, you know? Yeah. So, but you know, when you're, when you're I bar. To, yeah, exactly. So when you're going out to, um, to a reporter, you're asking them to put their cred on the line, their their reputation and their taste are what make them successful. And so, so whatever you create ultimately has to appeal to, you know, to this like very small focus group of people and they're going to give the stamp and say, yep, this is worth it. Let's put it out there. And that's, that's what it takes to break through. Um, so that's not understanding that will help you a lot in, in, in learning PR. Um, but you know, the main thing I would say is, and I think this is true for not just the PR role, but other parts is that, you know, you need to bring your whole self to the agency. And I think there, I've, I've witnessed this lots where people kind of feel like they have to kind of put things off the side, you know, their little passions or side hustles, that kind of thing. And I've even occasionally heard it from leadership, but for the most part, I think that we are a creative field and we're full of like oddballs and misfits and people who didn't quite find the right home anywhere else. Yep. And that's actually what it makes it pretty phenomenal. And so if there are parts of your, your, uh, you know, your resume that you might leave off normally for advertising, you'd probably want to make sure you're focusing on that. Oh yeah. And what was that for you? So for me, it was what definitely, yeah, for me, it was journalism and, you know, I was lucky in the sense that I came into advertising. I broke in at, at a leadership level. You know, I was one of the, I actually was like an SVP when I came over, which was like mind blowing because, you know, <laughs> agencies totally inflate titles, by the way, if you guys don't know, like an SVP, like I worked at Yahoo right before. There were eight SVPs in the entire company, which is like 15,000 people. And then I came to my agency and I was one of like 20 SVPs, you know, yeah. from a 500 person company. So anyway, awesome. but it was still pretty cool. 
But, you know, the reason why is because I had that domain expertise. Um, uh, and, you know, yes, I had things to catch up on, but I knew what, what I needed to do to be successful. Um, and, you know, a friend of mine kind of came into advertising at the same time. He had gone to film school at USC. I'd done some really you know, cool stuff, projects that ultimately maybe didn't have commercial success. And he asked me for advice, like, what do, what do I do? You know, and I said, well, you need to make sure you find a role that takes advantage of the fact that you had those capabilities. Yep. They're not going to hire a filmmaker. That's not what they need. But a creative who understands film and storytelling um, is, is um, absolutely essential. Um, and, and the other piece of advice I would say that's true for the PR role, but also for anyone, sure. is about storytelling. Um, you know, I think skills will come and go. Technology will come and go. Um, but if you don't understand how to connect with people through a story, whether it's reporters or through your audience, you're probably not going to have a very successful career. Um, and, and by the way, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I only want to be an account person. I don't, you know, what do I need to care about the story? You absolutely do have a role in that because you're the one who is advocating for that with the client, making oh, yeah. sure that, that that story has a chance to take root, you know? Oh yeah. Absolutely. So, so I would say like, you know, that's the part I would say hone in whatever form makes sense to you. You know, whether you are, uh, I'm a novelist. I have a couple of books out. So for me, story is, again, something that I think about all the time. Um, but I think whatever it is you do, make sure that 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 it is helping you understand and, and to tell a story. I love it. For me, that was my podcast. Yeah. See? Yeah. You're like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't hurt. It, and things unlock. Like right now, I've been doing this kind of like exercise where every week I'll go out and I'll do something that's a different sort of uh, art form than what I'm used to. I'll take pictures or something like that. I went right to, to, went to like a Frank Lloyd Wright house and I just started sketching. Oh, nice. I haven't drawn anything in like 30 years and I'm not saying I was good even then. So it was this idea of like going and just like trying to see details in new ways. Um, like all of that, you know, it could be writing a song. It could be doing whatever. Uh, learning guitar, I think all of that helps you um, just approach creativity in different ways. Yeah, forced creativity is seems like oxymoron, but it is it helps. You got to make time for it. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, life is not inherently creative, so you've got to figure out how to nurture that creativity in interesting ways. I love it. All right, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on. I have no other questions for you. How can except for how can people reach out to you? Find the books that you sure. wrote. Sure. So I'm uh, reachable in two places. Um, if you're interested in my books, which are uh, post-apocalyptic stories about a uh, world where no one lives past the age of 17, which so that was, by the way, pre-COVID. And that was, I was a little scared to learn how true some of these things started feeling. Um, but uh, so they're called Mayfly and Scorpion. You can check them out on Amazon or Fun. at depthsweatbooks.com. And then um, for the company, Check out sweatandco.com. Everything's spelled out. Um, and you'll learn more about our team and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm always up for a chat. If you, got, if you are interested in learning more about PR or about this industry, drop me a line on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming. You crushed it. 
and we will be in touch. Great. Thanks, Gina. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. That's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn and they want to connect. So do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do it without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency. And it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much. And we will see you next week with another amazing guest. Thank you so Thank you for tuning in to Breaking and Entering. We want to be transparent with our valued listeners, so we'd like to disclose that this episode was made possible through a paid collaboration. The funds from this collaboration were used to produce this episode and contribute to the growth and enhancement of our show. At Breaking and Entering, we are committed to delivering high-quality content that informs, entertains, and engages our audience. We carefully select our partners to ensure that any sponsored or paid content aligns with the values and interests of our listeners. Rest assured that while this episode is a result of a paid collaboration, our opinions and creative control over the content remain independent and, of course, authentic. We prioritize providing valuable insights and experiences to our audience regardless of any paid partnerships. And we greatly appreciate the support of our sponsors and partners as they play a vital role in helping us bring content to your ears. If you have any questions about our partnerships or this disclosure, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at Gino, G-E-N-O, at breakenterpod.com. Thank you.